G'day, everyone. Welcome back to Talking Leadership. This is Eric Perez welcoming you back. And as always, thank you for supporting the podcast. And as I've said in many of these recordings, I hope everyone is doing okay around Australia as it relates to COVID-19. There is a light at the end end of the tunnel and hopefully we'll get there sooner rather than later. So I hope everyone is doing okay. By way of introduction, today's podcast guest is the principal of RYP International and is the chairman of My Word. Can I welcome to the podcast, David Stewart. How are you, mate? Good. Eric, how are you? Thank you for your time today. So what is it about leadership that inspired you to work in this area? Cut a long story short, if I wind the video back, um, I initially started a life um, studying physical education. And um, what I specialised in, it was uh, what motivated teams, what motivated individuals. Because I always found physiologically and from a skill acquisition piece, um, uh, high-performance teams are at the same level. So the difference between those that excel and those that don't come down to um, culture. And often the key thing around culture is leadership. So I, I got involved. That specialised. I did specialised in sports science, and then um, spent some time with elite sporting teams around the world. And then since 1984, I've been working with organisations, helping uh, organisations apply their um, their strategic intentions, their brand promises, and their culture. The difference between achieving a strategic plan and a brand intention is quite simply one thing: culture. And what what drives culture? leadership this will open up the discussion quite a bit so for the purposes of what we're discussing here what's david stewart's definition of leadership quite quite simple leadership is making a difference so often leadership and management get get confused leadership's about change management's about performance and so leadership is not a part-time work habit it's a full-time life quest and so if you start looking at the attributes of leadership and you then put in the uh, the parentheses of um parent manager friend mentor, coach, supporter, supervisor, they're all leadership pieces. And so leadership is is a life skill, so much a a set of um, competency theories. Let me ask you a question because you've piqued my interest on something here. You, You drew together leadership and culture. Where do you see the connect happens? And from your experience working with organizations, where does the disconnect happen? Is it that cultures in some organizations are just dysfunctional because there's never been a proper organization culture or is it from the top leadership or is it a combination of things people over you know uh, over complicate culture and there's a few things the moment you leave culture to hr is when you're going to fail so culture is a leadership thing and culture is simply unpacked is the way you do things and so culture then forms in terms of um, behaviors symbols so how you act and behave and what you tolerate symbolizes what you reward and recognize and ignore. And then systems is then um, the way you actually then formally and informally coach and drive your team, the disciplines that hold it all together. And so when you start looking at culture, quite simply, the research is quite clear. Perform Culture precedes performance every time. And so when you're driving sustained and systematic performance over long periods of time, it's always around culture and human interactions and, and mindsets and behaviours. And so, so that is what you, your t- team are doing. And, and quite frankly, teams only perform best when they're confident. If you're not feeling confident, they're not going to perform at their peak. But then what drives confidence is, is the things around commitment, competencies, empowerment, and creating that right environment for excellence to occur. And that is a leadership's responsibility. That is a leader's responsibility, creating the right environment for success to occur. Is it fair to say that when, when you're trying to build a leadership mindset into a culture so uh, let's think of a, a medium-sized corporate is the definition of culture coming from that individual or do all leaders need to represent what the culture is and what you're willing to accept as an organization 
Yeah, good question. So, so they start to unpack this some more, more when, when people actually start to then, how do you measure culture in an organisation ultimately comes back down to the lived experience. So the lived experience of customers and the lived experience of staff. And so when you start to then look at the things like leadership, am I empowering my staff to be situational leaders to then make decisions, act, make good judgment and inform, have informed mindsets and behaviours? Or am I driving a, a top-down leadership position, which means drives a, a bureaucratic or compliant culture? So when people actually then see a problem rather than solve it, they report it. So it, it starts to drive this notion of, who owns moments of truth as they when they arise uh, in, in organisations? A moment of truth is a, is a problem or an issue or something that, that, that starts to go into that. And so this forms part of the, the type of culture you're wanting to lead. And so there are only five types of cult, organisational cultures to drive. You're either having an achievement culture, a process culture, a customer-centric culture, uh, an innovation culture, or a, um, uh, a culture that focuses on process. So what is it? Uh, that, that you're trying to drive and a macro culture has micro cultures and so within a large or medium-sized organization the type of culture you're wanting with the sales team may be quite different from the type of culture you're trying to drive with a, with an operations or, or a um, shared service team but ultimately that we all share the same values and the same brand commitments and so we're all on the same page in terms of the behaviors of those things it's just how we go about doing it, and that forms situational leadership. So how do the situational leaders act and behave in a particular circumstance uh, around that? And that, that's where you start to see the cascading up and down of, of, of leadership. I've titled the next theme, The Lonely Road of Leadership. Is it as lonely as you make it, or is it an, a part of the leadership process that at times it's ultimately up to a person to make a decision? It's both really, isn't it? You know, when you sit down and you're thinking, okay, well, what's, what's the right decision for my child and school to go to? That, that's quite a lonely and thinking around that. But you actually then discuss and validate that with other friends and colleagues and others, and, and it starts to affirm that. And so ultimately leadership, yes, you have to be accountable for the decisions that you make. And so, yes, that is lonely. But also you need to validate and share and do that in your, your teams and colleagues, formal and informal teams. And that gives you the confidence that, that you're making some of the right decisions um, uh, around that. And so leadership is, is in everything you do in terms of self-leadership, in terms of how do I actually make sure that I'm balancing my life the right way between my career and my personal life around that versus um, the influence and impact I'm having on my community versus what I'm doing with uh, my, my uh, work colleagues? The next topic area, and this is one, I think you've alluded to this a little bit in a foundational sense, but let me ask you this. Measuring success. Now, before you answer, when I when I use this theme, I'm not looking necessarily at KPIs. I seen there thinking around how you measure success is all about outcomes. So if I'm driving the success, and certainly KPIs uh, aren't necessarily the right measures of success, it's saying, okay, are your staff capable, confident, and committed? to the organization and making decisions? And are we actually growing? Versus um, if I'm a principal, are year 12s rolling off the production line, um, confident, capable, and resilient? And do they get into their first preference rather than what score they got for their VCE, those things? So, so success is, is, is all about building a, a state of mind and, 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 a, and a set of outcomes that, that uh, link to your vision of what is it you're trying to achieve around that. So for me, I'm, I'm always interested in, in linking the success of where they are in the journey of good, better, best around that to say, okay, are we trending the right way? Are you seeing the right things? And then 
how do you deal with exceptions? Success is, is, is needs to be quite clear. And, and ultimately, there, there's aspirations that, that you're looking for. So, you know, like you, I want my children to be resilient, happy and um, uh, and enthusiastic for life. I mean, how do I measure that? Just the, the state of mind, happiness. At the same time, I want them comfortable and owning their own home. So how do I measure that? Well, have they got a house and they're paying it off? So it's, it's there and it comes back down to, you know, some of them philosophies that you put into life is that that you know life's all about living in the moment and uh and achieving those things it's not about possessions and it's not about um you know how much you earn it's all about whether you're making a difference and and how you're leaving a legacy and all leaders leave a legacy and it's defined by others that's an amazing point and you're probably one of the first ones to bring this up so uh, congratulations to you and thank you for sharing this but this thing about legacy and the role of leaders i want to just unpack this a little bit because I, I hadn't hadn't given this a lot of thought when you know and I think about this to- topic a fair bit I talk about this topic a fair bit but I'd never thought about I've been doing some recent podcasts around storytelling and leadership and I think one of the parts of a good story is what's the ending and is there more to come is the ending of a story really the beginning of something else and I think that's where you, this idea of legacy fits in nicely and you've obviously been in the world of work for a little while I have and so I'll ask you this as a as a veteran in this space so to speak do you believe people give that idea of what their legacy is going to be as a leader in any capacity much thought it's it's a good question because you know we're all taught from early age follow your passion and follow your things we go through different life phases and so for me, there's, there's important things around personal leadership you need to go. So the first 20 odd years of your life, you're, you're discovering what you are. And then so in your early 20s, it's a really important piece to then go and explore what you are. And, and this is a, a piece where there's some things tick a box and say, yeah, that, that's what I really like doing. Uh, or other things where you go down a dead and say, that's not what I do. And that's okay. But in your early to mid to late 20s, you know, it's a really important process for people to go from a self-leadership piece to, to go and explore what they are. And then you then start to move into this, this notion of applying what you are. And, and when you start to apply what you are, the first thing I learned in leadership was everyone has a front yard and a backyard. A front yard's your career and what you see, and the backyard's the main game, what makes you happy and fulfilled. And if you actually start with a notion in your mid-30s about saying, okay, a fulfilled life is a successful life based on your terms. So when we start going into leadership, you know, what is a leader and, and what types of things? And so leadership's not a title. Being CEO or MD or something, it's, that's not leadership, that's a title. When you start going into to leadership, it's the impact that you've made on yourself and the how you've been able to impact on others. Your first duty in life is yourself. And if you can then be right yourself, then you can help others. So this piece where you start to apply what you are is a balance between your front yard and backyard. Yes, I'm a, an entrepreneur and a career and I have my own business, but I'm also a father and a husband. So I've got to put balance in, in into those things. Success at the expense of your health or your family is failure in my book. And so being able to role model that. And then at some point, you click over in, in terms of later in life and whether that's 45, 55, 65 in the pursuit of contentment and making a difference. And you think all the way along, in some way, shape or form, you've impacted others and rightly or wrongly or supporting others, that, that's what it is. And it's that, that self-awareness piece and that self-leadership piece is mission critical to them being seen as a trusted and respected leader by others. Things in, in a life can change that, particularly when you're talking 
about do you have your backyard sorted out and uh, your supports there and are you giving the time to those things that uh, invigorate you, make you more resilient, all those non-work, non-career things that establish you as a healthy, hopefully well-adjusted human being to move forward because I, I have to agree that if you're not right in your own headspace, physically, mentally and in relationships, then you're not going to be of much use uh, to other people because the way I've defined leadership for me is about being of service to others and I think you've given me something to think about there, particularly if it's about building capabilities in other people because at some point you've done as much as you're going to do and I think a legacy if we're going to talk go, go back to using that terminology is how can you help others build their career basis not necessarily by saying do what I do and you'll be successful it's more here's what I've learned I'm prepared to share that one of the most humbling experiences uh, we have in, in our business is uh, putting on my my word hat where we actually capture life stories of elders and the one thing we've learned is is as you age one thing that starts to creep into you is, is wisdom. You get life experiences. And when you start talking to some of these people you know, in their, their 70s, 80s and 90s, you, you get this wonderful wisdom coming out that they shrug their shoulders as just being something that they don't think is important. But it, it's really important when you actually start to, to look into that. And so picking up wisdom is, is, is really important. But in order to get wisdom, you don't listen to it. You actually have to go and experience it. And so, so you've actually got to get out there and have a go at things and, and, and do things and stuff things up and uh, learn from all that. People have been absolutely, um, I guess, you know, besotted with the fact that I've gone and done this leadership course. Just because you've done a course doesn't make you a leader. It's giving you extra skills, but, but you still have to go and apply them and do those things. And so some of the, the most effective leaders have been people that, that have just been so humble and, and doing things, but they've been impactful on, on those things. And so, so leadership's all about how you coach, influence, support and, and, um, and, and guide others as best you can, and, but also enable them to actually have a go and learn their own wisdom. For, for that and so so it's building building that that process and so that's why i always say yeah uh, leadership say um is a never-ending life quest it's in life skill it's not it's not a, a part-time work habit and, and i think at the, at the center of all those things is your ability to actually author and tell your story because you're the one in charge of your your, your life and your legacy so how you author your story and tell your story is a really important part of of how you view the world let's move on to leader capabilities now i particularly and I'm interested in this area of the discussion because I think there's value in trying to tease out what are those skills, those knowledge areas that that you need to be as effective and capable a leader as you can possibly be. So again, drawing on your experience, what are those capabilities for you? Yeah. I sort of start with leadership comes from within. So so with, within this first step to say, okay, so ha, what is it you're trying to achieve? What are you trying to uh, influence? And roll the video forward three or five years, what would good look like? And so it, that's a really important narrative to hear because that's an important part of what is it you've got passion and what you want to lead. The second then starts to then build around, okay, the, the capabilities of the leaders is then, and, and again, all leadership styles work. There are no one best, just, just choose one they all work but how do you then go about coaching and influencing others how do you go about then building confidence and capability 
in others and how do you start putting inspiration into others as well so so they're aspiring to be good themselves and they're the leadership capabilities that start to, to go into that and we all have our own different ways and it's the same way of asking what are the best parenting skill sets there's a bit of persistence there's a bit of a reminder there's a bit of discipline there's a bit of fun and, and those things that go into those things but the same skill sets of what you're trying to do and influence kids is what you're trying to do and influence with others um, formally and informing as a leader i do know two things if you if you lose your trust or uh, respect as a leader you never get it back it's all about building your integrity as a leader around those things so following through on promises that you make holding commitments uh, around those things holding people to account helping solve problems uh, but making sure that they're, they're solving the problem and you're giving them the, the support and empowerment to do that empowerment is is an often used word but it requires leadership facilitation not delegation and and so so how do you empower people around process? And this is the classic adaptive leadership to say, okay, when do I need to coach? When do I need to support? When do I need to be dictatorial? When do I need to be laissez-faire? It all depends on the person's confidence, commitment, and competency. And that, that's classic adaptive leadership style that you're using um, around the, the different people that you're coaching based on your observations on how a person's capable, confident, competent, and committed is then to, gives you then tells you how much permission you're going to give them. That's a really classic adaptive leadership. We all do it different styles, and it's the same thing that you do as a parent around those things in terms of um, trusting and supporting and building the skill sets, capability, and confidence of your kids. David, let me take you to the question I ask in all the podcasts, the nature versus nurture question. Are leaders born or are they made? I'd say born from the initial part because you know, part of that is, is creating, is growing up in a nurturing environment that, uh, that that allows you then to be the best version of yourself. And then uh, it then moves into the you know, nurture piece. So you know, when you start to then say, okay, well, well, have you actually got what it takes? You know, How do you do? What's a successful life for you? And if sitting on the end of a jetty uh, catching fish and and um, and, and working uh, part-time with little stress as possible is your definite success you, you, great uh, uh, that's uh, comes back down to having a fulfilled life versus a um a, 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 a successful life and so it's building that that fulfillment but, but there is no question that that you, you, you know your early years need to be an important part of creating that nurturing environment and um, there's just as many people who come from a, a hard environment versus a good environment that they've gone on to do amazing things and it just comes back down to you know having the commitment and in an in, in, in inner confidence to have a fulfilled life some of the podcasts that i've done have added other elements to the nature versus nurture questions so david uh, one of my former podcast guests mike house uh, suggested to me that there's probably two additional elements to that question about nature versus nurture and one of them is you have to make a conscious decision at some point to be a leader and the second element element was leaders need to make a decision about whether or not they are in essence going to be lifelong learners does do those two things resonate with you whether you you, you need to make a conscious decision to be a leader uh, ultimately that's for others to make you know, so so leadership's not a title and so so if you've impacted others you've been an effective leader for me it's, it's your quest to, to make a difference the other thing that you do need to make a, uh, a thing is is that have an evolving life, which means you keep learning. 
you keep discovering things. You keep keep uh, having uh, the, the 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 thrill through to actually live life and and pursue pursue that. And so I actually don't believe in the word retirement. We we don't retire. Just be busy all your life. And so if you actually think who lives the longest on this planet are musicians and actors. And what year and what age do they retire? Never. And so so having a purpose and making a difference is cute. So so I often say to people, don't retire, rewire. And, and, and keep keep learning and evolving because, you know, you come into any aspect of life with a set of skills, wisdom, life experiences that you can value add to. That forms part of um, one of the uh, you know, books I've written is, is No Labels, Just Stories. And, and don't label people. It's just who they are and what they do and how they've made a difference. And, and that, that just keeps going on and on and on. I don't think you need to make a conscious decision to be a leader um, because that assumes you, you're pursuing a title. But what you do need to make a conscious decision is is to, to lead an evolving life and, and, and support and influence and, and impact with others. And you never know the impact you're making until someone tells you. If you had the capacity to go back and, and have a chat with a younger version of yourself, what would you tell a younger David Stewart about effective leadership? What would you say to a young version of yourself about that one of the things that that you um you learn as you get older is is more empathy and to actually don't be so quick to judge you know really so you know listen to hear look to see because everyone has a front yard and backyard and just because you're seeing a particular person in a particular moment you've got no idea of the back history there and so i think what i've learned is that piece of Empathy and looking to listen, look, looking to see and, and uh, listening to hear is is there. And so you, you actually spend a bit more time connecting with people rather than um, being as uh, as quick to judge or pigeonhole or categorise somebody uh, and drop. That would be probably the biggest piece of advice I, I give, give myself around that, given what I know now. David, thank you for your time. Before we go, what are you doing at the moment that the listeners need to know about, mate? Well, yeah, two things. So, so my my organisation, RYP, Reaching Your Pinnacle, is is a consulting organisation, and we work globally. But the real thing that we're passionate about here is my work. We're actually empowering families to capture um, their loved ones' life stories so they live on forever. And so, once you've captured their story, don't worry, uh, you, you then got something to actually then um, pass on to future generations. That for me is is to have been a uh, love project, and uh, it's just been amazing how as people age you now the three eyes of aging you know, isolation illness and uh, loss of independence um how well they age is depends on how well they have a sense of self-belief and anything you can do to help package that that your story is amazing and let, let's capture it you've got something to pass on to future generations and um live forever uh, my word connect through stories this is uh, what we're really enjoying again i'll put a link to my word on there as well as ryp international mate i'll make those links available and to your linkedin profile obviously thank you for your time man thanks eric thanks again for your support a lot more content on the way thank you for joining us and we'll catch you all on the next podcast